buzz balls to Dave, start you off. Are, you're ruining this intro. It's a great intro. Welcome back to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. This is your host, Byron Horton, and I have my sidekick along, everybody's favorite guy to give the rant of the day, Dave Ebray. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> it is, man. Uh, it has been far too long. <laughs> we talk every day. We basically have podcasts on the phone about hunting and just don't record it. Yeah. So it doesn't really feel any different. It definitely definitely needs to. Um, guys, season is fast approaching. Whether you have an elk trip or whitetails at the start of your year, definitely uh, it is coming fast. If you're going to pick up any custom gear because the bow holder is now out, enter code WEXP at checkout, and that'll save you a little bit of coin. Dave's interrupting you by messing around with my windproof lighter. That's pretty legit. It's like a yeah, dude. It's, Does it charge? Yeah, it's USB charger. It's windproof. It's great for lighting off fireworks. I found that out. You got it charged up? Yeah, I've already charged them. I got two of them. All right, so don't mess with it. So yeah, in today's podcast, I, I think we're going to break down some of the elk prep, some of the whitetail stuff we've been doing this summer. Um, I think this would be a, a good catch up, but I think we have to start God. with everyone's. Ooh, how's that drink? <laughs> it's strong. It's like Kahlua. Dave, Dave, what are you what are you sipping on over there? Let the people. Know. I went to the gas station on the way here, and they had these buzz balls at the counter, and I've been seeing these online and stuff. I got the chocolate teas. Okay, to it's me, it's very cluish. Yeah, it's got a pop can top, and then it is yeah. maybe oh two and a half inches tall, and it's a round ballish shape. Clear yeah. buzz balls, fifteen percent. Oh my gosh, it's going to be loaded after this. They got a strawberryita, and then they got this mocha chocolate thing. I'm just doing regular coffee. No, absolutely not. Put some of this in your coffee. It's like glue. It probably tastes delicious. All right, we got to get to the rant of the day because that's everyone's favorite segment. Dave, do you want to kick this bad boy off with the rant of the day? You got to because it's your rant. They're, they're, I do have a rant. You got the haters coming at you. I, we need both, though. I think oh, we're doing two rants? Yeah, we're doing two rants. We got to double down. We haven't been around in a while. So my rant. <laughs> All right. Uh, what my, was my... I'll go ahead. All right. What was my latest rant um, that, that I thought about? Oh, that was the, the weight thing. So we're approaching whitetail season. Um, I know if anybody's listened to this podcast, listened to me on some other podcasts before, the whole shaving pounds thing gets a little annoying in the whitetail world um, <laughs> to the point where people are making their sticks sketchy and stuff just to save like a little bit of weight. Whatever. So we're getting there. We're starting to see all those mods on Facebook. Everybody's seeing it. They're cutting stuff. They're doing this. They're doing that. Great modifier equipment, how you want to use it. But to shave, I see these people constantly shaving ounces off of sticks and stuff. Just, you know, but then they're sitting there toting around 15 pounds worth of camera gear. For their and, YouTube channel. <laughs> and they don't even have a YouTube channel. Or they might have one. They might have like 63 subscribers, you know. And it's just like, what? what's the reasoning here, you know? Shave down on your camera gear. I mean, we have a pretty large, not not large, large, what is it? A little over 5,000 subscribers on yeah. YouTube. You primarily do to Byron doing everything. But nonetheless, we got a pretty decent-sized hunting YouTube channel. And, um, and I mean... How much weight do we carry in camera gear? Like, very little, really. We're getting less every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, minus myself. Um, oh, yeah, like, year one, we took away the GoPros halfway through the season because we're like, we're literally putting this mount up, and it's like yeah. we're bringing in an attachment, a camera, charging the camera, SD cards for the camera. It's like five things for an extra angle, and I'm like, nope, I'm done with and this. And when deer's coming, what are you just going to do? Just reach your hand up to turn it off? You're sitting there in a tree doing the or YMCA. Or mess with your phone on the ro- yeah. remote? Hell no. I'm not taking my eyes off a of deer. Yeah, I'm not doing shit in the tree. I'm not going to be standing there, like I said, raising my hand like I'm trying to 
ask the teacher a question, trying to turn <laughs> on my GoPro just to get a, some so someone can look at my face when I shoot the deer. Like it's just it's just dumb. <laughs> I yeah. just don't get it. You know, but I but I saved off you know eight ounces off of my sticks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Spent two and a half hours doing it. I was like, you could have went and pulled some cams and, and known where some bucks were. That sounds like a little. We well, spent half a day time. modding your equipment to like replicate like more expensive equipment. When that half a day, you could have went out and made a couple hundred dollars mowing lawns, but you're going to, you know, be like, oh, let me save some money by modding my equipment rather than just going and buying the good shit that's out there. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I, the, 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 <laughs> the whole modifying of the sticks and the stands and stuff just, I think, just kind of went a little overboard. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So my rant of the day comes from the YouTube film. Uh, my buck film's been out now for the better part of a month. And a lot of positive feedback, and I appreciate you guys watching that and, and leaving the thumbs up. But um, three or four comments call me out on the same line that got the green light from the wife, I'm going to check trail cams or something of that nature. <laughs> and like two or three guys, oh, I'm turning it off. Oh, I'm revoking your man card. What kind of hunter are you? And I'm like, dude. I was like, one, I probably hunt and scout more than you do. I was like, I'm gone for my side hustle business, as is, yeah. you know, doing the media stuff. I have a sub one, you know, at that point, he's what, six, six, eight months old at home. Wife is carrying the house and she's allowing me to hunt. Like, yeah, I have the green light. Yeah, she's, the, you know, uh, MVP in this situation. So those guys, you know, giving me shit about that. It's uh, ridiculous. Literally got one guy said, I, I'm turning this off. I'm not going to finish the film. Because you said I got the green light from the wife. And yeah. weren't you, you were scouting. I was checking trail cams in the summer. Checking trail cams. So it's one thing if it's like November 1st and you're like, got the green light from the wife. Because I think, you know, both of our wives know, hey, that first week or first, you know, once you hit late October, early November. Yeah. You know I, I'm going to probably are. argue with you a little bit because I'm going to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I got in a fight with my wife today. I shot my butt. Yeah. I called that day eight days in advance when I seen the front. Yeah. And then her girlfriend tried to take her out for lunch. And I said, babe, I... I think I, I think I need to hunt. It was a very, uh, yeah. oh, you know, hostile environment in the household for a couple of days. I'm sure every, you know, most Everybody. households probably have this. You know, especially if you have kids, it's just ten times worse. You know, and it's hunting such a selfish thing we do, you know, because we're doing it all on our own. Yeah, we bring back some meat to the house, but realistically. And you're anywhere between 45 minutes to two hours one-way journey. So, we are, yeah. yeah public to, 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 to drive there, you got to. You're gone for all. You're gone for hours. That's why I hunt a lot more mornings because it's just so much easier on the home front, you yeah. know. Because I can leave at 3 a.m. and be home by noon and get a good hunt in. And the family's awake from 8 to noon, let's say. Mm -hmm. So I'm missing four hours of family time. If you leave for an evening hunt, you're leaving at 11, mm -hmm. you know. So you get to see the family for three hours, then you're gone till dark, till mm -hmm. they're asleep. Yeah. So you're missing the whole day with your family, you know, on like Saturday or Sunday or something. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. So. That's why, you know, once the family and kid life started ramping up, you know, I do a lot more morning hunts. You know, it's just, plus I like hunting mornings better, really. I I'd like being find in a deer. Yeah, I'd rather find I like being in there in the dark, too, and then letting the woods wake up around you. Like, it's kind of like, I kind of like nature aspect yeah. of it for the morning hunt. Yeah, I would agree. I would, I would agree, too. So let's, uh, let, where are we at as far as, uh, obviously, you and I have a, an oak trip that is a weekish or so out. I'm not yeah, sure by the time this airs. Week, yeah. yeah. But um, that's been a heavy part of our summer prep. But also, I mean, we we've been we have some cams out. We haven't really checked any of the summer cams just due to um, preparation. But uh, hopefully, we can we can get to that. I don't I, think I'm going to before we leave. Yeah, I, I'm not either. And this weekend would have been the weekend to do it. But like you said, we both did like 
some family stuff this weekend. On Just purpose. go back on your rant, yeah. yeah. Because you know we're gonna be gone for a long time. So last weekend home with the family. So you know try to hang out with them as much as possible. Yeah. No, but they're gonna take our man cards for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, get out of here. Yeah. You know, just yeah. Hunting such a selfish thing to say to, for people to comment that—that's just ridiculous. You know, yeah. I don't. I, it's hard to believe someone would even say that. Yeah, I have actually glassed not that much. Like this is the least amount of glassing I've done in the summer, but my percent ratio of finding bucks has been pretty good. Yeah, a um, lot of morning glasses too. All mornings, right? No, no, no. I, I did a an evening or two, um, and seen some bucks on on, on one evening. Uh, but yeah, the the two better bucks in the morning. So that's been. That's encouraging. At least I, I, I laid eyes on a few. Yeah. Because um, we've gone summers where you'll see a bunch of smaller deer, but I think I've glassed three shooters at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and then we got enough trail cameras out that we run nowadays that when we go pull them and stuff before season, usually we go into season with an idea of a place to hunt. You know, we're yeah. not just completely lost, but sometimes we are. You know, and I, and I never used trail cameras for years, and I kind of liked it that way too. Because I didn't really know. I just had to go figure it out on the fly. Yeah. You know? And based on, yeah, I mean, if you look at your trail cam data last year, you personally, you were in the game way more early season than, than mid part of October. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had beat on them early, and then and then some pressure blew them out. Yeah. Which kind of screwed me. So I had to, <laughs> I had to go rogue there. Yeah. You know? And then, yeah, then I almost lucked into a couple bucks with the one I saw from the road, and I... End up running in, had the buck frenzy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and we plan to actually uh, cut something up um, video-wise of kind of the rut from Andy, Dave, and I's perspective. Um, yeah, because we had a lot of good footage. We had a lot of good, lot of good footage. And, and uh, yeah, you had the buck train there late October, like the last two days of October where you had like eight bucks running around the, the one first doe or whatever. And, and The only footage I got of that, though, was with the Tacticam on the – the last buck that came in that I passed and he was like <laughs> I kind of regret passing him now <laughs> yeah, <isn't that> <laughs> go back works? and look at it you know he had some good he had some tall tines it was an eight pointer had good twos good threes kind of spindly like real spindly probably yeah. only a two year old honestly because I, I watched him come in I got a really good view of him not what you can see on the camera yeah that's something that, um, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, how this season plays out too um Anything else major that, that you've said that you're pretty much going to go on the ground and saddle? Um, you said stand, stand in the rut. Yeah, because, well, because far, as far as rut goes, it depends on what time of rut and what, well, it, it all depends. I, I definitely hunt a lot more off my gut and what I feel like doing that day. You're more of a disciplined kind of hunter. Like, you're like, okay, I need to go in this ridge system. We've got this leeward wind. They should be cruising this leeward shelf here. I've already pre scouted it. I'm going there. And you'll well, go there. Well, and I, uh, I very much go into the season like I'll figure like it out. Like I'm, yeah. I'm I let the plan kind of uh, play out, and that's versus. Uh, and you'll rely on what you know. Like like what? this should be right. Like I know this. I'm I'm knowledgeable enough about this. They should be cruising this shelf. I'm going to sit this. This something that you know it looks right. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'll go in there and I'll be like everything lines up in my mind. Like I definitely should sit here, but then I'll be in there and I'll be like. Nah, not today. Don't like it. <laughs> Go somewhere else. <laughs> That's how you killed the one buck uh, uh, two years back. Uh, yeah, you, you you literally got to a tree, said, "Nope, I don't like this." I uh, had my whole stand unpacked off my back, the bag out, everything, and you never. Climb. Yeah, you'd never been to the tree that you ended up killing that buck out of. Yeah, or because I was just never like, really scouted it too I started, much. Either. I went to climb that tree and said, "Just don't like it." You know, I just didn't see enough sign I wanted to to stop there. 
And then so I loaded everything back up and I walked up and over a couple more uh, ridges there and I found a skinnier ridge that had some rubs coming down it. And I said, yep, this will work. Yeah. I knew there was like a pond like not far away that kind of had them pinched in a little bit and, yeah. you know, somewhat. And I was like, yeah, I like this a little better. I would say um, something that we've done the best at, I think, from a summer perspective that has gotten away from us in the last couple of years. Uh, the bows are shooting good. The broadheads are flying great. Um, in years past, I feel like we are notorious for getting to two to three weeks from season and we really haven't shot many broadheads. But, uh, heck, we've, we've been kind of on the game a little more this this summer uh i i personally have if it were for if it were for the whitetail season i'd say yeah we're definitely ahead of the game yeah but we're not ahead of the game for like for our elk trip that we're leaving in in a week yeah i could use another <laughs> week i de- it definitely could uh we'll get to that i, uh, I, I matter of do... fact when i was up at uh attaboys this is an archery shop that's close to us here in uh, columbus and um i was talking to dale and some other guy came in i think he worked for 10 point or somebody but he runs a couple of these big shoots, and they got this real huge shoot that's like, I want to say they said it was like an hour and a half north or so. Okay. It's a real big one. He said they have, they're going to have like 42 3D targets. Like they have like a Bigfoot target. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. He said it's one of the best shoots. He said we need to go to it. And he said it's like Memorial Day-ish. And I'm like, you know what? That might not be a bad thing to pencil in because then we would have our bows ready by Memorial Day. Yeah. <laughs> which we've never done. <laughs> yeah. We'd be forced to have them ready. Yeah. And he he sounds like a good time and stuff, you know, big event. Yeah. So we might try to push that. That'd be pretty cool. You could even we could even video it and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, I feel very confident. I've I've, I've shot a lot of broadheads, um, and and tuning wise, and and you know discovered. Just away from the mic. Um. Yeah. Crush that. Um, it's probably still gonna be super loud. <laughs> yeah. And then I got a um three pin slider. First time I've ever. Well, I take that back. I had a three pin with a one floater last season. I bought a trophy ridge. I think it's called the Hot Shot Hot Spot. Um, and for the price, it's actually a pretty decent sight. The only negative I had to it, um, and you can micro adjust your first two pins, and then the third was a, a floater, a dial floater. The only negative I had to it, I had some of those um. Uh, screws come loose because they're more plasticky than, than the higher insights that have like truly metal uh, yeah. screws and pins. What do you and, have now? A, uh, not a spot hog. Uh, Montana Black Oak. That's the same one I got. Yeah. You got the same size as me? I got the better one. I, I it's spent like the, the Pro good money. or something? You, um, the, the Ascent, Ascent Verdict, something. right? Yeah. But I think there's, there might be like a Verdict Pro or something? Yeah. Because yours, are, you got micro-adjust pins. I got micro-adjust individual pins and then uh, the ability to slide that bad boy. Now I can move each individual pin, obviously, but I still need Allen wrench. You mine. need Allen wrench. I think I had the earlier version of yours. Yeah. And I really like that because like, if I go out in the backyard and I notice that my 30 is one inch low all the time, I can just tweak, tweak, tweak and pull yeah. that bad boy right into position. Yeah. Um, Broadhead-wise, I shot about four or five different broadheads. I've shot slick tricks for years. And, and actually found a broadhead that, that I'm, I'm, I think flies a touch better with the Afflictor, the EXT one. Yeah. Um, when I shot the Afflictors as well, and mine's the... You got the K2. K2s. It's a little um, bit beefier, bigger head, right? Yeah, you got a bigger bleeder system. The front ends are both pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but it's like it, a real beefy front end. Yeah, like those... Like you could see it crushing through some ribs or something, no yeah. problem. It was funny. One day Dave and I were talking... Um, and this kind of brings us to our, uh, we've shot the Black Hornets and uh, some yeah. other beefier heads with the Day 6. And uh, he goes, you ever been in the grocery store and seen a beef rib? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're imagining what an elk rib would look like. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I go, I just, you know, I'm. you're not wrong there. I mean, that is a stout 
uh, piece of bone that, that you've got to really bust yeah. through to essentially take that thing down. Yeah, you got to imagine you probably get a lot of deflections and stuff off of those ribs in elk, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. you might think you drilled it, but, like, it might get a rib deflection, might exit, like, way back or something, you know? Sure. You just, we, we're going to we're gonna take that into factor when we, when, we, when we do shoot one, you know, if we shoot no, one. No, no, no. Put the positive energy out there when <laughs> we shoot one. Dude, we're full send on a cow. We ain't elk hunters. Yeah, we did say though we do want a cow um, to be like 40 within or forty, under, yeah, or under, just because like we don't want to spend like a day tracking and you know just killing time that we could be hunting for a cow. Yeah, especially if we're deep. Now, if we're super deep for some reason, where we're going, there are some road you, systems around. Yeah. So yeah, we are going to be getting back there because we're backpack hunting. But um, if we were to shoot one, let's say seven miles from the truck. That first trip would be seven miles, and then we would probably drive the truck around. And that second pack out would probably be like three, you know. I don't think we have anything where we're going to be forced to go that far. But that's, honestly, I got no idea. We've never been out in the mountains. You have once. I, I but we're talking, elk, yeah. I'm, elk, you know, and I'm talking as the crow flies, you know, so I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I went elk hunting five or six years ago with an outfitter. Um, were you watching your Onyx and stuff at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you were, did you, like, happen to look at, like, how many miles you technically walked versus how many one miles you walked as a crow flies? No, I wasn't too concerned uh, at, at that point. I didn't use the tracker on that thing. I, I really trusted my yeah. guide, although we got um, we got fogged in one time. And my guide, it, like, he, he was a mountain man. He... he um, you could tell he he spent time shed hunting. He spent time scouting, and he took me some places because I told him first day I said I'm fit and I know my foot care. And he goes, "Oh, we're gonna go somewhere that I've been waiting to go all season." And we got fogged in, and he couldn't see the the, the neighboring mountain systems. Mm -hmm. And that was the only time I saw that guy pull out a GPS. <laughs> he just knew him that way. He well. just knew it, dude. He, I was <laughs> like, "Whoa, this that's pretty wild." Mm -hmm. um, but out there, you I mean, can you think about some of the. I guess if they if, he, if he's in those specific woods that often yeah i mean we got areas that we go into in the whitetail woods that were like that same way you know but you can see well he could see because it was daylight i still use my gps so much and and my Dude, remember so I, much. I made the wrong turn at, on my private farm the one you're going in for turkey <laughs> season and it's four-wheel pass i'm like oh god <laughs> you do it's easy to get turned around in the dark man yeah. it really is and, and sometimes you see people on facebook saying i don't use a light or i use a red light and you stuff. couldn't it's keep like, up with us <laughs> you must just be twinkle yeah, toeing come, come hunt with us and, and try and get to <laughs> spots one with no headlamp and two you'll move at such a slow pace the sun will be up for half hour by the time yeah. you get there and the same with the people that talk about going like two plus miles deep on public and blah blah cross blah. three roads in a high if you're if you're on if you're on a like a two track for a mile and a half of that, then I get it. Mm -hmm. If you're going two miles straight off trail, you leaving you're leaving the truck at one <laughs> to get there at daylight. I mean, you know, it's slow walking when you're off trail, especially at dark. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean we got some some of the spots that we go to that are a mile plus, a good chunk of it is on like some kind of old logging road or something. So we can hoof it for a little while. Oh, yeah. And I've used hiker trails sometimes. Yeah, hiker where, trails. Where, where like, it may be a longer walk, but, dude, you get on a hiker trail or you walk a... Uh, You're burning. Forest road of some sort or dirt road yeah. or gravel yeah. road. You can fly. Yeah, I'm moving. Exactly. So. Um, Especially in the dark because I'm scared that the bushes are going to jump out and get me sometimes. 
Do you ever step on like a stick that's oh. like ends up being like a like a like six a foot away moves? Yeah, and you sc- I've screamed. <laughs> oh man, I'll step on a stick and then some moves shake the bushes, you know, seven eight feet away from or me. Or the birds <laughs> bust out if you ever walk like bushy stuff. Bushy stuff, dude. Oh my that's god, that's the worst. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, that happens. I had that coyote almost come at me last year. Okay, in the dark. Remember, I heard some rustling in the leaves, and I thought it was a deer. I look up to the right, and there's this coyote barreling down the hill right at me. On a trail system, right? I was on a trail system. He was up in the woods, though. When he comes down the hill, I mean, he's coming right at me. Like, I don't I don't think he's like, I don't know. He, I don't think he was coming to, like, attack me, but he was beelining right to me, you know. And I just, like, picked my bow up in the air, shined a light on him, and was kind of like, rah! You know, and he, like kind of turned and just changed his course didn't really change his speed or nothing just kind of kept on going and went down the hill past me probably crossed in front of me at like 15 yards and just kept going down the hill and i was just like yeah 15 it, yards not that far and they're fast i, I mean, was just it was just yeah, odd i just don't know if i'd love he that. wasn't like he was he wasn't full-on moving moving mm-hmm. but like a fast trot you know i don't know if you've ever if you ever like tried to shoot a coyote i yeah, tried to shoot two times. last year in the same evening yeah, and, and just, they're just so wiry, man. Yeah. I, I got full draw on the one, and he's just, and I just could not get him, you know. And then he was gone like that, and then he ran, ran. I mean, they're fast when they run. Oh right? yeah, yeah. This one wasn't moving that fast. I tried to bump and dump in the dark one time. Speaking of cool, crazy, like experience. you tried to bump and dump. I uh, I was uh, going up a hill in an area I knew there was a decent buck, and I looked to my left and I see a pair of eyes, and we're talking 15, 20 yards, like. <laughs> and I look behind it, and I see another pair of eyes, and I can just make out a rack. Jeez. And uh, it's in it like I was like, okay, so I, I have this decision to make, and I bumped a buck in the dark in this area a time before, and it didn't work in my favor because um, I like kept walking. And I thought if that doe is hot and that buck's with her, I'm gonna run. And I thought this like in .5 seconds. I said I'm gonna run right between them and try and split them. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. But I just remember hearing, right, right, just stomping, running, crazy, bus brushing. Like, I, I don't know if they split, and I don't know if it worked, but uh, I hung my tree stand right there. Yeah, might as well. I right? said, if the sun comes up, he's going to come back to where he lost her. Potentially. Or if she smells funky, maybe she'll bring another one by me. Yeah. Or I can go to this random other spot that I already was going to go to and have no idea if there was a hot dough over there. Yeah. But, uh, well, and then, then you know there was a hot day with there. There could be another buck. I had two. So you're on like a scent trail. Yeah, I had two small bucks come in that day, yeah. catch my wind, and not leave because there was a funky smell. Yeah. And it almost worked. It might have been <laughs> the buck. I, I One buck was maybe 80, 90 inches. So it could have um, been the one you saw in the dark. Could have been, yeah, but you have no idea. But yeah, I, 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 I mean, in the dark, sometimes you got I've always said that, man. Like driving around on some roads and stuff, like in the morning before you go on a hunt, you see a good buck cross the road. But then you like keep driving because you're going to like some spot. Yeah. It's like how dumb is that? You got to even know there's a buck here <laughs> somewhere up there. You don't even know if there's one within a square mile of you. You said we've messed that up for years. Yeah, years. Giant buck cross road, but I'm gonna keep going to my spot. That's the dumbest thing I've heard. Remember Andy? Didn't he do that a couple years back? And we're like, no, like you gotta go hunt there. Go there. Go somewhere there. I mean, we'll try to drive around, flank it, something. But like, at least be in this zone. Yeah. At least know there's a shooter in this remote area. Yeah. You know, but then, or, you know, if it's during the rut, then it, a bad buck's there for a reason. Yeah. So hot dog probably ran through. Now, with these um, elk prep. Elk uh, prep, that's what we're supposed to be doing this podcast. Yeah, right? we've, uh, whitetails are the core listener, so I think that's important to focus on at, at a point. Um, uh, Strawberita. Okay, Dave has cracked the red strawberry Rita. Strawberry Rita buzz what, ball. What's the APV on that guy? 15 still. 
Dave, I don't know if that's a great idea. Premium tequila, vodka. It's they're little though. Oh, they're little, but they could be potent. Fifteen percent's not that much. A right? twenty-two is little. It didn't take down a deer. You shoot it in the right spot. <laughs> Weird analogy, but I get what you're it, saying. That thing is tiny. Anyways, all right. Uh, elk prep. So we've been doing a lot of fitnessy stuff too, as far as pack hikes. It's terrible. You can have that. Um, any the one thing I think so we we've done a decent amount of job a decent job at doing like fifty minute pack walks, hour pack walks, mm-hmm. uh, multiple times a week, uh, steep hills, side hills. The one thing I think we didn't do one is like a hundred pound ruck just to feel that on the back. Yeah, and then. One like long day of like a four or five miler because if you multiply that out, that'd probably take us a couple hours. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We might, you know, <laughs> yeah, we might get a rude awakening. I'm sure we will, regardless. Yeah. Of how good shape you're in, you're going to have some kind of rude awakening, but we'll see. I guess you and know. We, and if uh, if it's we messed with our boots, we've messed with packs, and that's the yeah. other thing. I bet it took. I literally did an adjustment two weeks ago to my pack, and I've probably done 20, 30 walks all summer. Yeah, I'm constantly fixing them with mine. Yeah, you're trying to fine-tune, dial that thing in. Yeah. Boot-wise, you've figured out your lace system to, to prevent heel Yeah, I slip. do get some heel rub um, if I don't have it, like, laced up correctly. Mm-hmm. And I got to, like, sometimes I'll have to retie it, like, three times, which is kind of annoying. And it depends on the um, the socks matter big mm-hmm. time, at least for, for me with my heel rub. It's only one foot, which is weird. Only my right heel rubs. But I have to like change socks. I have to make sure I got good socks on. I'm using darn tough socks, mm-hmm. and um, I have some smart wools. I got a lot more rub with those than I did with the darn toughs. And then um, I'm, I'm I'm also going to Luco tape or moleskin my heels regardless. Yeah, just do it before it would hurt. Yeah, and we've got those sock liners too. I'll give you those before. Yeah, you leave. the little toe guys. Yeah. And yeah. they're just super thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll help, too. You can you know, just a little bit more cushion in there, a little bit more slide. Yeah. Because then the outer sock might slide on the liner, so then you won't get that rub. It'll, yeah, exactly. It'll give a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a preventative. The rub measure. is like, it almost like my heel like wants to like stick, but then it like breaks loose at the very last second. So you get that little bit of, tiny bit of rub. Mm-hmm. Whereas on like my left foot, it like just kind of naturally just slides a smidge. Well, and we talked too that we might start with the Keens, even though they're not as a uh, rigid, true pa- uh, backpacker boot. They're more of a hiker boot. Yeah. Because the feet are more comfortable in them. We've worn them for years. Yeah, they are. And then if we would have to pack something out, we would probably slip on the stiffer boots or, or transition to those because yeah. they're just not as comfortable. Yeah, and, and I got the Keens. I got. I also got. I'm bringing three pair of boots. You bringing just the two? Just the two. Because I got my Danner uh, Pronghorns that I've worn for a few years now. Okay. And they're they're a nice boot. I like yep. those. They're comfortable. They're more stout than the Keens. Okay. And um, but they are they're 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 a lot more comfortable than the Solomons. Mm-hmm. We're both wearing roughly the same Solomons. We got two of the same pair of boots basically. Yeah. We're both wearing the Keens Duran Twos. Yep. Which they don't make anymore. Yeah, which I, is upsetting because we like every those. pair I can find <laughs> and then they pull Sankovia I can yeah. buy like three pair of boots <laughs> and then we're both wearing the Solomon Quest 4D GTs some Niner shit. yeah it's a lot of letters but uh, they're pretty common uh, Solomon and um, but I have the Danner Pronghorns that I've had for a while and uh, I like rotating the boots a lot you know because you know certain boots might get you a hot spot a touch in the heel certain boots might give you a t- hot spot a touch in the toe 
you know, change it up. You know, change up them wear spots. Yeah, I heard uh, Aaron and Zach talk about um, this specific point that they have some stiffer boots that hold up and last longer, kind of like you know the 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 crispies the loas some yeah. of those real high-end boots they last longer and they're stiffer mm-hmm. but they talk about they can't sneak as good as they can in say a merrill or a keen or a, a true hiker um makes more sense yeah a, a boot that gives a little more flex and um those guys spend a shit ton of time in the woods so i'm gonna listen more than to anybody them. yeah yeah it'll depend on how much side hill and stuff we're doing which we've also mentioned that too in our in our prep we've done yeah we're, we're going to like sledding hills and stuff we're not we, we can't imitate mountains any better than a sledding hill, really. Mm-hmm. And um, at least that's, like, within drivable distance because we live in the suburbs. So, um, you know, we've done a lot of side hill and just on the sledding hill. Yeah, we I mean, probably look ridiculous. Yeah, people are – yeah, we probably look stupid. Oh, my, pa- my pack looks ginormous, and that, that bag of corn that's in there <laughs> sags because it's just dead weight. Mine's like this big-ass bag of, like, Dog potting food. soil. Oh, potting soil. It's, like, bright yellow, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's like 56 pounds total. Um, oh, that's and then so, but doing the side hilling with that, I was doing, um, I don't know if, it's, if you can explain on a podcast, but like, so I would come, I would do like a X up the mountain and then I'd go down and then I'd go up at the other angle. So I was kind of doing like figure eights almost, more like an X going up though. So I was getting a little bit of a side hill like on my left foot and a little bit of side hill on my right foot, but also going up, you know? Yeah. And, and up and down doing like an X. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Best yeah. prep we can do, whatever. Now, the one thing I had talked to a few people about is you, you and I talk about how uh, how do you get better at killing deer? You kill deer. And you see a lot of these Western guys go west and not shoot cows. Yeah. You and I have said, maybe the first day we don't shoot a cow? I don't know. If it's nah, inside a fort. It's okay. a gimme. Okay. If there's a bull bugling or something you behind might, the cow you might that's when it. we that's when what do you do hopefully you should you got a cow come by you got a cow yeah that'd be sweet regardless i don't care i'll take a cow <laughs> but we got a cow come by bulls behind her say bulls 80 yards away behind her cow comes in there 10 yards looks back towards a bull stands there broadside looking away from us 10 yards is tough to pass but what do you do you got a bull 80 yards away bugling yeah yeah right there but Bottom line, how many videos are you watching guys don't shoot cows? And, and you and I have talked, how do you get better at elk hunting? You kill you kill things, probably. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're, we're going to full send if, if we find some rogue cows. That, I mean, like you said, toast that cow, then kind of hit some cow calls, maybe rake some brush. I don't know. People, I see people do it on time yeah. on the internet. Just Roll some boulders. Raking the sticks yeah. and shit. Yeah. We're going to look like idiots out there. Dude, we don't know. How, actually, I, I, I should say this. So Dave and I have been practicing our, our calls. Yes, our, our wives love us right now. I go in a garage, so my neighbors love me more than my, <laughs> yeah, my wife doesn't Do you want to call a beer instead of that? I might have a beer. I got a fridge. beer right here. Okay. I just, yeah, I don't want this. Yeah, you don't Let want Brooke that. drink that. It's gross. Okay. Take a sip. Okay, I will. We're doing this for podcast Strawberita, content. Strawberry buzz ball. Oh, hard now. Isn't it? It's terrible. The first hit is like that Red Mountain Dew from back in the day. The Code Red? And then you get... Don't you dare compare that to Code Red. Then code Red get, was delicious. That is not. Cough syrup, a tequila punch, and a lime. Like a, a, a like you drank a bunch of Bud Light Limes the, the next day aftertaste. You know what I'm talking about. Just terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. Um... So where were we? Okay, yeah, we're toasting a cow. Now, um, whitetail-wise, Dave, do you have any sort of thoughts or goals around kind of coming into this season? Um, any focus points? 
focus points, I'm going to force myself to do some more ground hunting in that um, pre-rut rut phase. Okay. Because I, I say I'm going to every year and I never do. I always get stuck sitting on a scrape or something in a tree stand all day long. And I just, I just never, I just never do it. But I think I'm gonna make that a point to do more this year. Would be do more ground hunting for sure. I'm okay. gonna force myself to. Okay. I, I have done quite a bit over the years, and I always have good success. I always see deer and stuff. But then I go right back to sitting in a tree stand. Yeah. The saddle game, I'm gonna mix that in. Um, I, I don't mind the saddle. I know people say like comfort wise, which one I couldn't really pick. I don't. I don't really hunt comfortable. I don't really hunt for comfort. I don't really like... That's not really a factor when I'm hunting. Yeah. I guess if you just get tired, you, you come down on a long day. If it's that bad. I mean, I don't know. Neither one of them are... You're not in a lazy boy. Regardless. regardless. Yeah, exactly. You know, it is what it is. You just kind of just suck it up and deal with it. Yeah. Whether you understand or whether you're in the saddle. Now, I do get a lot of guys that ask me .5 or, or 1.0, not to divert to tree stand talk yeah. but but it, i tell him i was like well if you're coming from like an assault or an xop i was like the 1.0 is significantly lighter yeah and if you're six foot and over like you kind of want the space and i said chances are you're also a rut guy because most of us have jobs yeah i was like i don't think i i, I give the uh the point five some nods for for guys that maybe want to settle hybrid hunt and stuff or you're a little feller like andy yeah i know some people do that the hybrid thing yeah the um the the biggest difference is like like I said the original like lone wolf assault or an XOP like the carrying the weight on your back between that and, and the 1.0 and stuff that's not like that noticeable to me like the extra like four pounds on your back mm-hmm. it's like which when you're hanging it though yeah. that's when you notice it when you're holding that thing out with one arm say you're in a funky tree and mm-hmm. you're trying to weave and bob and get that thing situated just right on the tree before you hook that strap around so you're kind of one arm in it sometimes you're like straight arming it you know that's when holding the stand that's lighter makes the difference yeah you know that's right you know on the back is one thing you know if you get good backpack straps and stuff well and how much better are the sticks regardless of brand or company these days now everything packs so much better than it did four years ago three years ago that it feels lighter You, you know i did a video talking about force weight that that you know, even though something weighs two pounds, if you move it farther from the body, yeah. it feels heavier and heavier and heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now everything's so much more compact, and, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Plus, another thing, too, because you're carrying corn bag as your workout. Yeah. And I'm carrying, like, dirt. So both of those are, like, sucking down to oh, the bottom. Oh, you sink to the bottom. So they're probably, honestly, if we had the comparable weight in meat where we could get that meat, like, Get Flip them, it upside down and, and get the that heavier stuff most of up. it up, up, yeah. you know, and get that really cinched in tighter. Then, because no matter how tight you cinch down corn and dirt, it's going to slip through the cracks. Yeah. So, yeah. so like something like me, I feel like it, it will be easier. Yeah. You know, because yeah, because mine like I, I've messed with that bag so much trying to get that weight up, and I just can't. It just I falls can't. down. Yeah. So so I'm carrying that 56 pounds like low, you know, which is not, you know, it's just it's just not the best. Yeah. Um. As far as for me for whitetails, I'm a little concerned about taking time off for the elk trip that, that I'm not going to um, be able to hunt as much. And so, like, I also don't think I'm going to try any out-of-state stuff. I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things. I'd, I don't think I lower my standards. I think I hold out. Um, 
still in Ohio and try and shoot maybe my biggest Ohio buck or kind of something like that. Well, and everybody knows we we hunt some of the neighboring states. Yeah. So Kentucky's a neighboring state to Ohio, and they have an early season. So I'm definitely not going anywhere, dude. Kentucky early season? No, my wife has told me, like, (laughs) Man card revoked. Okay. (laughs) Say it to my face. Please. But, yeah, that's the... uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do Kentucky early either. Yeah. Um, Kentucky's got that cool late muzzler season, though. Um, so that's always an option. You know, uh, so you're not going to try to hunt. You don't think you're going to hunt out of state at all for whitetails? Unless you kill here early? I don't know. Because uh, I have the, the, the property that I'm a part of for, for um, in Illinois that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, do that as much as possible, yeah. obviously. Yeah. It's Illinois. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world. <laughs> It, I don't know, man. I just, I, I really want to try and kill my biggest buck today here in Ohio, but burning all that PTO, that's such a factor um, that I'm not going to have as much time to scout or hunt or little two days or two hours off work and get an evening hunt in. I, and my family's now, you know, boys won. You don't have your biggest buck today, uh, like, lined up yet either. No. No, I, I had you I got had, some potentials that might have lived, survived, you know. Yeah, but, but we haven't pulled any cards. That's true. Um, and the, but like I got like a couple late season pictures of good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? Um, yeah, I had a one thirties ten that survived. Who was he was pretty killable last year. I didn't go hunt over there because I, I I thought I'd shoot him and I wasn't sure how big he was. Yeah, but uh, he and you got pictures of him late. Yeah, past the first gun week. Yeah, so that's, that's a pretty good chance. Yeah. Um, so that's so that's a beat. Then. That's somewhat of a beat. You got yeah. cameras in there now. Yeah, I got cameras in there now. Um, did you get? Did you have him on camera early or just yeah, during the season? Octoberish. So he lived. Would you have him in like early, early like uh, summer? Yeah, I, I I had him in December, mid December, and then uh, the camera filled up space. Did you have him last year? Do you didn't hang the camera till? No, I did that deer. Dude, if I had hunted in there sparingly in October, I probably could have killed him. He was daylight some days. He was through there pretty regularly. Uh So that's a good beat, then. Yeah, yeah. So you got at least you got like a pretty. Even if you don't get pictures of him this year, you got a yeah good dark day. Well, and I'm hunting a new piece too. I I I did some off season scouting on a new piece that's kind of part of the Patreon podcast, which is like yeah. uh, Over there, we got a series kind of just after. helping guys and, and looking at the process of hunting a new piece of public land. And so, yeah, I've, I do have a, a new piece. I'm going to poke around at and hunt. And um, We also saw COVID pressure was an all-time high or hunting pressure due to THP, due to COVID, and, and no football or limited football Yeah. Uh, last year. I'm really hoping that kind of takes a turn for the better. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that is, that is, yeah. It's huge. Uh, you think about it. Uh, Saturdays, uh, people devote to watching games, and then they get too drunk, and they don't make the Sunday morning hunt. Yeah. It just seems... In, in a state like ours, college football is kind of king. We also have some pro teams in the state, but it's just such yeah. a driving factor. And people don't have to take off work um, you know, as many days. So they're not burning like PTO because they're working remotely. So mm. everybody's working remotely from home, so they're not taking PTO for little knickknack things because they can just get their hours in working from home. Yeah. So then they can save their PTO and then take it to go hunting. You know, yeah. if you're like, what do they call it, like non-essential, where you didn't have to like go yeah. into work, yeah. <laughs> where you work remotely, you know, then you're, you're saving PTO. You're banking it because you're working from home, you know. Yeah. You're, you're No way you're using nearly as much PTO from yeah. home as you are when you're going into the office. No. 
yeah. you're still recru- accruing the same amount of PTO. Yes, sure. Your piggy bank's <laughs> not getting chipped away. At exactly. You. Yeah, it's sitting there. All right, Dave, hard transition. I saw this on a podcast, and I thought it was really good. Uh, they were breaking down the best spots um, to stop at when you're either on a long-term hunting trip traveling or even just going to the stand on a basic uh, uh, morning hunt or evening hunt. And the, some of the, the lists was Sheets, Casey's, um, what were some of the others? Uh, Flying J. Um, those were, were, were some of the listed. There's a couple, and I know people are screaming at the headphone set right now that I'm not listing, but it was on a on the Vortex podcast, and so I wanted to throw this I don't question. I many of them, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to throw this question to you. What are some of your favorite pre-hunt, post-hunt uh, stopping locations, uh, either on a trip or on a quick uh, pre- or post-hunt? So, um, for me, the convenience um, matters more than the actual gas station itself sometimes if i can like if you're talking if it's like a long trip and i'm on the highway yeah and you see a sign i I want it to be on the right side of the highway and i want it to be right there i want to be able to see the sign the logo from the freeway okay because that way i'm i'm boom i'm right there i don't want to stop at a gas gas exit and you get off and it's i'm 1.6 miles down the road no screw that shit I want something that's right there. I want oh. something that's point two. Okay, so so I'm gonna say this this gas station of choice is in the perfect location on your trip. What logo or sign would you like to see up there? I mean, I don't know. We've we so we've traveled to like um, Illinois a few times. We've traveled to Illinois, Iowa. Obviously, like the Casey's is big out there. No, I love the Casey's. You can get gas, coffee, yeah. donuts, pizza. And we've stopped there a few times, and yeah, it was delicious. But we don't. We don't have those here in Ohio. No, there's one out in western Ohio where Liz lives, my sister. And then even even east of Indianapolis, there's only one on the drive. Because I drive through there all the time. I'd say, too, if it has, like, truck gas, mm-hmm. then that's probably, like, a good spot, too. Like, okay. like semi-truck gas station, mm-hmm. those are usually your better ones, too. They have, like... Better facilities, yeah. more options. Better restroom facilities, all kinds of food. Sometimes they'll have, like... A couple aisles worth of like, uh, like convenience store stuff. You yeah, know? which is huge. What's the uh, uh, what is it? Circle K that's here. Yeah, they're they're usually pretty good. They, they and I, well, I well I like what they did with their coffee. Now it's like uh, almost like a mini K cup style experience where the it grounds it and roasts it instead of like Speedway where they, you got all them pots. That no, Speedway there. changed it too. Speedway's now got those. Yeah, and that's it's a like win. a touchscreen deal yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a win because then you know that coffee's fresh. It's hot. That's true. Um, that's that's a win for me. Any any place. Speedways that's are usually pretty good in general, at least here. Yeah, like most Speedways are normally like pretty they always they always have like the rollers foods they always got like the sandwiches they always got the pizza they now, always got all the sheets is coming to columbus they're supposed to have like nine locations and when the wife and i travel to the beach we stop at a sheets <laughs> i think they're a little more popular uh let's call that we go to myrtle so between here and that and uh those are pretty popular because they have a phenomenal food option coffee i've never gas. even heard of sheets oh man i think you're sleeping there I guess when I'm traveling, I don't like, um, I just don't prioritize my gas stations. Okay. You know, I never look at them all like that. Yeah, I, I you can kind of tell, like, that's a good gas station or it's not. You can, you, know? you definitely can. <laughs> like, if they're larger, they got like multiple parking spots and stuff. Yeah, you, you can, can kind of tell by the building tell. appearance. Yeah, exactly. Cap. Yep. And like I said, if they got like semi truck 
gas attached yeah, like to two, it, two you know that's a that's a good one there. Yeah. And if I'm just traveling here, like in Ohio, like if I'm if I'm not on like a freeway system, mm-hmm. it's um to me it's it's if it's on the right. Okay. It's okay. Like, yeah, it's quick in and out, <laughs> quick exit. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> But yeah, anything else you want to leave uh, our listeners with? I know you got some things to do later today, so let's I got go a little bit of time. Do we talk? Uh, we didn't talk the elk stuff, did we? Well, I, yeah, let's mention that. Um, a lot elk- more prepped than we thought. So, for, so I don't know if people know or how much you've mentioned it. Um, we're backpack hunting, mm-hmm. so that changes things dramatically. We got way more stuff to prep, way more stuff to do, um, and we're just so we're. We're not backpack hunting, so we're going to be hunting for seven-ish days. Seven-ish six days. Seven days. Six, seven days. Of actual hunting. Um, we're planning on staying in the woods two to three nights of sleeping at a time, and then so coming out. back to the vehicle. To, to just replenish, maybe move spots, maybe get a, get a better night's sleep. I don't, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but realistically, if we get in there the first day and we really like where we're at, we're seeing elk, we're not seeing the pressure, we think we can kind of keep hunting in that same area, we might bail out that night, pack up stuff for, for the next five days, and then go back in there and just bank on staying in there for five. We have the stuff to do that with now. So we we, we, we kind of just, you know, we got the food bags, we got all the calorie-dense shit you know whatever you want to call it the honey stingers the cliff the the peak refuels we got nutella dip stickers yeah you're you're big on this nutella stuff dude i got the them honey uh honey stinger waffles like in like the like the honey flavor with some uh little squeeze on almond butter packets i'm gonna put on top of those it's supposed to be a delicious little waffle sandwich a little treaty on the map yeah (laughs) i packed some jolly ranchers and and honestly, we have been phone calling, prepping for since June. Yeah, it takes literally. You and I said if we if we had to go out of state whitetail hunting to anywhere, we could be out the door in an hour, stop at a gas station, be in there for forty minutes, thirty minutes, <laughs> and be on the road. Yeah, this shit is taking so long. I've got bins, I've got organization. When you're like depending, I guess, on your sleep and food away from civilization it requires a lot more and yeah. nobody says this disposable income it yeah. requires money somewhat yeah it requires now you, you could go there with less so we have we, we both we're, we're a little bit older you know we're in our yeah. 30s you know we have we have better jobs solid jobs and stuff at this point solid in time in our income. life so um, we are like buy once cry once for sure more than we were some people 22 might. yeah yeah 22 i would have went out there i would have scabbed up all my shit and i would have hated life for a week but i would have done it i would have been out there in some walmart camos and i would have figured it out though you could do it you could go that route don't yeah. get me wrong you got by the tag we definitely spent spent up a little bit on some stuff um we, we got you know seven eight hundred dollar tags the tags is the biggest one i purchased obviously for yeah. everybody you gotta have. I think it's more like a grand in tags. Yeah, and then you got gas to get there. That ain't cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I've been it, saving up my speedway points. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But it it and then um, it does take some probably secondary items if you were just a whitetail guy, twenty two, and you're hunting your midwestern states. Probably need a little better backpack. 
Um, and we're backpacking. That whole adds a whole other element yeah, to all the Yeah, if we were the at the truck, we probably could do a little different. We could be eating hot dogs every night, you know, burgers, stuff like that at the truck. We could bring, like, a little grill. We could mm-hmm. be eating, you know, the, the food expense of the dehydrated things. And you got to have the jet boil. And you got to have... Yeah. Because you, and then you got to have, like, the water, bladder, filtration system, dealio. Yeah, to drink water, we spent $100 each in a water filter uh, yeah. water bottle. Yeah, yeah, we both had the grails. Yeah, which um, you've used it a lot already, yeah. even just in the whitetail woods. Um, so we both have that. We got like some dirty water bladders, so we can like preserve some dirty water with us when we find good water, and then we can save up some water, have it with us. Then we can just dump it into the grail, filter it, and drink it. Um, what else were there, were there? Some of the major, like the pack, obviously was a big major expense. So you could say this thing. So if you were hunting from a truck, you could just go in it with, with day packs, just mm-hmm. normal backpack. Normal hunt. backpack. Then you could have some kind of like Frame-ish. cheaper meat shelf frame yeah. that you can get sub 100 just waiting at the truck for you. Yeah. So we have, um, you have the QU and I have the Mystery Ranch. So we can actually go in there, hunt, kill something, full camp on back, extend our packs out, put a load of meat in there, and then take one trip out with our whole camp. Then we're going to dump a load of meat. We're going to dump camp at the truck, and then we're going to go back in. Mm-hmm. We're probably looking at, realistically, what a decent-sized elk. We're looking at six trips, three trips a piece. Yeah. Maybe going to be yelling at me to put more weight on I my am, back. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference between me and Byron. And so I was a college football player. He was a college soccer player. That pretty much sums it up there, if you know sports. He's built for endurance. I'm built for go as hard as you can for a short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, dude, if we got like, say we got like 250 pounds left of meat, he would much rather do that in two trips. And I'm like, dude, put 125 right back. I'm putting 125 back, and we're getting the hell out of these ambulance. I'd rather, I'd rather put 60 pounds on my back, walk a mile or a quarter mile, turn around and 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 dump the weight, and then walk backwards and go get the other 60 pounds because I'm gonna get all this shit, and I'm gonna get just loaded up and just get out. Yeah. And so, yeah, just the, the, the thing alone with the, the elk, um, the preparation, we hope that in years future, uh, Western hunt in general, we will we will be able to pick up and go a little quicker. Yeah, um, we, we have no more. Now we got, like, we bought bins and everything. We bought, like, um, those, like, uh, Home Depot bins yeah. that uh, with the black with the yellow top, they stack together. So we bought the same ones. That way when we got there... And we're traveling in a truck, you know, they stack together your yeah. shit, my shit. Dave and I shoot the nice. same arrow, same draw length. Same arrow, same draw length. So I don't think we need to bring a backup bow. Definitely don't. Um, I was debating on backup release. That's a good idea. You think one of us should carry that in the woods? Uh, I don't know. We'll talk after air. If, if one of our releases fail, the other person can just shoot the other person's release. Yeah. And so you just, we're just down to one shooter at that point, which is fine. But... Yeah, might not be a bad idea. We're going to be together side by side for the most part. If we have, for some reason, have a bull bugle or if we see some elk and we want to do some little, like, flanky flank shit, we might split up then. Yeah, I don't know if you guys follow our Instagram. We had a football play drawn up for attacking buck beds. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Definitely go watch that video. I don't know what we're going to do, but for the most part, we're not going to separate too much. Yeah. Yeah, not separate too much. Hopefully, if we space out at moment of truth, that increase our opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm gonna sabotage you and put myself upwind. No, that'd be fine. <laughs> whoever, whoever. So, so ideally, say, say, so each day we're gonna probably have to just like split out who's technically the quote unquote Shoot. shooter. Yeah. 
But realistically, say, okay, say I'm the shooter. We got an elk bugling over here. Um, I'm going to go up the hill to beat the thermals. You're going to go below the hill and start. You're going to blow me and start calling. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to try to circle you, get in, get in your wind, and then hopefully I shoot him. But if it's like a rag bull or something, because we don't know what we're even calling dude, to. Dude, if a cow stick is, is stuck her head out at 20 yards, I'd be liable to shoot her. Yeah, and if it's like a rag bull, it's not that smart. He's going to walk right to you, and you're going to smoke him. <laughs> you know? And so It's kind of like turkey hunting here. Where maybe, if yeah. you and I are sitting there turkey hunting, dude, you shoot him if he's over there, I'll shoot him if he's over here. If, yeah. you, if you can cover... You know, this 180 degrees way better than I can. I really don't care. Exactly. We just tried to kill one turkey between the team, and we call it call it good. Yeah, and then we're uh, and then we're gonna just whoever kills what. You know, we're just gonna you know obviously split the pack out and then just split whatever meat we get. You know. Yeah. And we're just it's pretty simple, really. We're not too concerned. No, we're not. It's kind of no nice much. going in a group of two. Yeah. I feel like you would need like two or four. Yeah. You know, if you had like three, you'd have like that odd person. Mm-hmm. I might be having to exit here quick. Got the baby awake. Boy is waking up from his nap. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Um, you know, everything we're doing out here, you know, we're just definitely just playing it by ear. We're just kind of shoot from the hip as we go. You know, we know how to read maps. We know how to read topos. We know kind of like how animals kind of move with the path of least resistance through through hills and stuff. Yeah. My um, my elk guide uh, that I was at five, five, six years ago, he said, the guys that are successful out here are from Pennsylvania or New York that hunt the mountains. And he kind of just know. He goes, I hate, he goes, I hate to say this. He goes, but I hate seeing a guy come in here from either the southern half of the U.S. where the, he has a, a hunting lease that, you know, they ride four wheelers to most of their deer stands and stuff like that. He goes, those guys are soft. Yeah. Um, he said some some of the guys that even kill big bucks uh, in, in the Midwest. He goes, those aren't the guys that come out here and kill. He goes, those guys from PA that hunt the mountains and they're hard nosed and, and it's tough hunting. He goes, give me one of those. I we have a better higher success rate. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know, and then we're going to be you know you know we're going early season. So yeah, if, if they're not you know we're not going mid rut fest, but we are going in there at the least pressured time. Hopefully. So. Um, so we're going we're going to see what we see you know obviously we can kind of map read some of the some of the saddles and even some of them second tier saddles you know everybody can notice like a the big most huge, obvious yeah that's a whitetail thing we've noticed here yeah the big huge the best pinch on the the map is easy normally not the best place not to some hunt. secondary ones and then we can read those just even on top of those so we're going to be sitting some of those um, you know we kind of know roughly what they might be feeding in roughly what they might be bedding in and cut them off at the best saddle that's in between the two, et cetera. Yeah. You know, we're going to put ourselves in the best situations possible. We yeah. might even split out a little bit in, in say, like, say in the morning before sunrise, we're sitting this little saddle. Let's spread out 80 yards from each other, you know, because we might get lucky. Yeah, or go up and over and see what you see. Yeah, might Cover get lucky. Cover two ridge systems and, and figure it out from there. Um, we also have a pretty good hunting mentor that you work with, Wade, who's yeah. who's gone out west. He's killed two cows and a bull, and an antelope. Maybe one cow and a bull. One cow and a bull. Yeah. I don't know, but he's gone west. He's had some opportunities at other other stuff. Yeah, and and, and we're talking how big was that bull he killed? Three fifty. I mean, he killed a giant. Yeah. Um, Older bull too. Yeah. I remember them saying that they were real big on the age of that bull. Yeah. I think, no, I think he's got two cow rugs at he the might. house. He might, yeah. Uh, but he's been a, a good resource of ours. Yeah. 
Um, but I think at this point, Dave, you got anything else? He's. I think I got to go get him. No. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, appreciate you guys. We we may try. We're gonna try and we're gonna film this at some aspect and put it out on YouTube for sure. Well, yeah, you got that new little camera. Yeah, I got a little guy right there. Why Stop secret equipment over there. Why is that? Dude, I put several <laughs> hours into finding that bad boy. Stop <laughs> secret. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys listening. Team Harder and Bucks, we're out.